Welcome to the Galaxy Gas Gas yeah, Show on the Galaxy Geek Channel. Today we are talking about many different topics. We're going to talk about She-Hulk. We're going to talk about House of the Dragon. We're going to talk about basically Game of Thrones with House of the Dragon. We're going to talk about um, Sandman. We're going to talk about our conversation last week on Ezra Miller and what we feel on that whole situation. And we have an incredible, incredible guest this week. We have the amazing Sean Wingblade. We're going to pull him up here in a second. But if you haven't already, hit the like button. Comment below. You are thinking of all these topics we're about to dive into. Also, we have a poll up to see if you like She-Hulk or if you didn't, because I, I really want to know. Also, talk in the, in the comments. We are going to see them, but we're probably not going to dive into them until the end of the show so that we can really spend time really diving into your thoughts. So keep typing them in, keep commenting, talk to each other in the comments, and we will dive into them as soon as we get to our comments section. So everyone, let's get into our show and pull up the amazing, oh, or mess that up, uh, bring up the amazing Sean Wingblade. What's up, buddy? How are you? What's up? I was trying, I was trying to retweet the tweet. I was looking through while you were talking about me. <laughs> I was trying to make you sound good, you know, trying to uh, boost you up, right? Hey, I appreciate it. I do. Still scrolling through. There have been a lot of notifications today. I was trying to retweet. There it is. Oh, I guess I already retweeted it. (laughs) I understand that feeling. But thankfully, everything seems to be working okay right now anyway. Never know. It's working. Should be good. I see people in the chat. Jesse's out there as always. This is his favorite show anyway. Well, first off, we are going to start with our first conversation. I want to be quick on this one because it's the one I, I'd like least. And that is last week we discussed the Ezra Miller situation and the drama around it and how there were three options. One was either Ezra asked for forgiveness and gets help. Second was he doesn't get help, and they still don't put him in the marketing and just keep him out of everything. And then the final one is scrap the movie. It looks like they're going with option one, and he apologizes, which yeah. my first opinion is good. I'm happy to apologize. Sean, what's your thoughts before Audrey talks? Uh, yes, good Good that he apologized, I guess. I think something to keep in mind, too, that not a, uh, a lot of people really touch on is that he doesn't really owe us an apology. They, I'm sorry, they don't really owe us an apology. We are not the ones that they wronged. You know, like, like we just want to see a movie at the end of the day, which tons of test screenings and reports coming out that the movie's awesome and it's great and everyone loves it. Awesome, great. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see the movie in general. But uh, they have a lot going on with personal matters on the outside. So as long as they're making amends to those people, I think that's what's most important. And sure, apologize to us like, hey, you know, sorry to be in the media so much. But don't, one, do bad things to other people. And two, jeopardize the entire movie and all its crew. You know, however many people work on this movie, probably thousands of people, uh, to just scrap it all together. You know, their, their art needs to be seen type of thing. But I don't, like, I'm just glad they're getting help. Because that's at the end of the day, you have to have some sort of empathy about other people going through struggles and make sure that they're on a good path and not <laughs> being a menace to society. So <laughs> as long as they're working their way towards that, I think that's the most important thing. I agree. I agree completely. Uh, let me go ahead and pull up the con- what it, he said. 
The Flash star Ezra Miller says they are seeking treatment for complex mental health issues. In a statement provided by, to Variety by a representative of the actor, Miller broke their silence about the troubling behavior that they have exhibited in their recent years, which has led to a series of legal issues and assault and abuse allegations. Miller also apologized for their actions. Having uh, recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have uh, begun ongoing treatments, Miller says. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to do to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. Personally, I'm. It's not even the fact of apologizing to people. Like I, I feel like um, you're right. He doesn't have to apologize to us per se, but the problem is since it's such a public thing and there's been so much sure. radio silence on WB's part. I think that the clarity was needed and the audience yeah. needs a clarity about what's going to happen. Is this movie happening? Is it not what's going to happen? Cause they've kept quiet on everything. And then this is really the first technically official thing that's come out of this, um, this whole story. I mean, even the three options wasn't a clear, that was just a report from someone that wasn't them officially coming out and saying something. That's kind of a bad right. deal. Audrey, what's your a thought? Lot of people were... okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, you can go ahead. Oh, yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was just gonna, a lot of people were throwing, were back, not backtracking, uh, I guess I support back dating and being cynical about this apology saying, oh, they told us last week they were going to do this. Well, no, that was just a report that, hey, this is what WB is thinking about doing. And it came out to the public. That might have, that was never supposed to be public. That was just WB going, hey, Ezra, these are your choices. And someone caught wind of it and, and put it out to the to, to the public. So it wasn't like they held a press conference and like, he, these are our steps. This is what we're going to do. And then, you know, we hear an apology a week later. Yeah. That wasn't the, the point of, you know, when that information came out. Yeah. Audrey, what's your thoughts on the situation? Oh, that was my first time reading the statement. Um, I do hope that apologies on all ends are sincere. And I really do, do hope that they're going to get help. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Um, and, you know, other than that, I'm happy that it's come out. I'm happy that we were able to talk about it real quick. And, you know, everyone, I hope people can be nice to each other. Uh, that's the At the end of the day, that's why I really want to see more people having empathy. And, you know, that's, to me, the most important thing. So, in saying that, I want to actually, since, Sean, you are our guest, and I want to get to know you more, what... Got you started, yeah, because you're our guest, and I want to get to know you a little bit. Uh, what got you started on this crazy YouTube journey? I'd just like to, to point out that I'm part of a channel, <laughs> or a merch line. Mm. That, not gonna lie, I like the cup. That's actually pretty cool. That's cool. This, this, was, this was a wonderful present for my wife over there, who's still working. She's over there annoyed that I'm talking. <laughs> That's not a thumbs up. Um, <laughs> So, uh, what got me started on YouTube? So I started with uh, my buddy, because we used to chat at work all the time, just about geeky stuff in general. Um, and I had been a fan of the Schmodown and and like the shows and like movie talk and like kind of movie punditry in general for a long time. Um, and so we're like, yeah, let's do something like that too, you know. And so we started with Falcon Winter Soldier uh, when that dropped in Disney Plus, and um, and it's still on my own channel, which is watching with Wingblade. Feel free to 
go subscribe. I have 38 subscribers on that channel. Nice. Um, and we went we went through that channel, and there was just so much work. It was supposed to be more of a team effort, and ended up being more of a me effort. And I was just I was so burnt out afterwards. Um, and right around the same time, uh, I had met Jesse through online uh he had been drafted into the schmodown and i had just reached out on twitter like hey congrats which i did to uh, like to be honest a bunch of the rookies of that year and but jesse was the only like cool one to actually hit me back like <laughs> oh thanks and then uh i did a trivia thing on his channel which was helping him prepare for like his next match and whatnot and uh and then from there we kind of just you know became friends and started mm -hmm. chatting like often and then just like guesting on shows and then it was just me uh barging my way in and demanding his passwords so i could take over his channel <laughs> <laughs> and then and from from there on we've been you know we've been doing so much over the last year or so That's uh, nice. and 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 you know develop more of a partnership and you know he already had scott on board doing his show we brought you know allison on board and she's just so wonderful with like so much of her own like you know points of view and everything like that and so you know we're, we're growing and and doing what we can to have fun. Honestly, like like keeping it fun to try not to work so much, even though it is a lot of work, like there's a lot that goes into it, but trying to have fun with at least the content or the subject matter that we're, you know, reviewing, doing stuff like that. Like we're not gonna just review stuff that we don't want to talk about yeah. or stuff that we hate to be honest. Cause like, you don't want to just like crap on stuff all the time. Well, and saying that also everyone, if you would, Go check out the Flick and Rail channel. It is my favorite shows to watch weekly. They have an incredible channel. They are almost at 500 subscribers, which that's going to be great. So my next question with going about that is, what's what's that feeling right now? Because I, I remember this feeling, but it, it's really uh, showing for y'all's channel right now. Y'all's channel is really starting to pop. What's that feeling like when that first video just really started to succeed? It was crazy. Uh, the, I mean, the first one, I, Jesse had had a few videos with quite a few views comparatively, like to yeah. the subscriber number um, before I ever came along. And then, you know, we're just doing our things. We get, you know, a couple hundred here, a couple hundred there, whatever. Um, and then honestly, it was like a month ago. Like it was, it was Comic-Con that, set us off like this like we were like this and like slowly and then we just like <laughs> um even even though it's still so minimal like we're not you know we didn't go viral like that's not the case but uh our black panther trailer reaction has like seventeen thousand views on it for a channel that only had like 300 subscribers at the time like that's a lot <laughs> um and it and it happened so quick we were literally like i had looked at it and i was like oh that's cool it jumped from 100 to couple hundred and i checked like four minutes later and it was like at a thousand like what just happened like <laughs> it, it like in minutes it, and then within the hour it had like gotten up to like two thousand views i was like what like it something hit in the algorithm it just popped off and uh and yeah so it was it's really fun too because every time we put out a video that like starts to get traction now it it's fun to like just in the group chat like hey this is you know <laughs> we hit this number we hit that number um, so it's, it's fun to watch, it's fun to watch it grow, be excited about something that, that you, you know, put a lot of effort into it and it kind of like peaks and takes off. Uh, and then like my Sandman reaction for episode six, uh, the sound of her wings, like that one nearing on like 5,000 right now, which is great because nice. all the others have like a hundred, 200, <laughs> like 500. I was like, Oh, 500. That's awesome. This one has like 5,000 views for some reason. 
Uh, they, people like to watch me cry on the internet. So. <laughs> That's always fun. Everybody likes to cry, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, the, the reason I asked that is because I remember, Audrey, do you remember our first video that popped? Turning Red. Turning Red. That video we Turning got, okay. yeah, it got over 24,000 views. That's when oh, wow. I first started with the channel and Luke will not let me leave. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, you're staying. You're the secret. I, oh, 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 no, she's the secret. We, I've already admitted that a long time ago. But that was right. the moment for our channel that things started to really grow and change as a channel. We started to say, oh, this thing called YouTube, we could actually do something with. And mm -hmm. we just kind of stayed on the roller coaster. And my encouragement for you as, you know, as you're on the roller coaster, especially as you're starting to build, just keep up, keep it up, keep keep doing the work that y'all are doing because honestly the videos y'all are releasing now y'all have a great team like a really great team that like i i've been mm -hmm. so impressed with watching y'all just grow and once y'all hit that thousand mark it's such a big step just right. just the biggest advice there even even with how little it is never let money or the popularity of it where, oh, this person got more views than that person on the team. You would never think it would affect anything, but even it, it, even in small ways, it can actually impact your channel. Um, I know for me and Eli, me and him are best friends, and you would have never thought anything like that would have gotten to us, but there were points where there were small things within even growing as a channel that we just started to butt heads and, you know, you can go back to, even Audrey has said it, you can go back to some of our other Into the Smodown Galaxy videos and, oh my goodness, I thought me and Eli were going to kill each other. <laughs> and, well, it's good to have healthy disagreements as long as it's a conversation, not, you know, a battle, I suppose. Well, what happened was we, we had the healthy conversations, sort of, but at the same time, it was, everything was just starting to build. We were having <laughs> resentments behind us. Um, the videos I was doing were really succeeding with my wife, and then she was doing videos that were really succeeding, and then things that Eli was doing wasn't succeeding as much, and he wasn't able to spend as much time on the channel, so there were just disagreements within us. But at the same time, it was on both of us. I mean, me more than anything else, because I didn't talk. And that's why I, I encourage anyone who's you know, watching this, like who's starting YouTube or wanting to get into it, like if you're with a team, be in constant communication. Like, don't let anything go unsaid. Right. And so that that's so, why I say I love seeing y'all's channel for sure, because y'all have done so well with that. Well, it's it's been fun doing the reactions recently of my own. So I was I was like, well, all right, well, I'm not gonna do this alone. I forced Allison to do it. So <laughs> the episode seven, eight, nine of the Sandman, you're gonna see Allison doing her reactions, and then Jesse did episode ten. So that'll be fun. I'll, I'll those three out by the end of the week. I mean, I think I set them to. Alice, so episode seven came out today, eight tomorrow, nine on Wednesday, and then I think Jesse will be Thursday or Friday. Nice. Episode 10. Well, and speaking of that, we've got another conversation to have, and that is on episode 11 of The Sandman. Yeah. What was that? Wrong one, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to get stuff set up, but so, because um, I'll end up clipping this out. Welcome to the Galaxy Geeks channel. Thank y'all for coming to watch the show. We're about to talk about the episode 11 of The Sandman. And we have the amazing guest of Sean Wingblade. Sean, I want to get your first initial thoughts of what did you think of episode 11 of The Sandman? Uh, it was cool. It was very um, anthology-like. It wasn't, you know, separated from the story, which 
after listening to the Sandman Audible, that's what a lot of Act Two was. Uh, Act mm. Act One had a lot of more through line. Like there was like a first half and a second half, but they were kind of like was the story carrying through. Act Two is more like, and if Netflix is smart with this, whenever they do do a season two, um, they could release it in chunks. They could be like three episodes. Here's here's season two, Act One. And then three more episodes here, season two, act two, something like that. Like they could break it into chunks and I think that'd be great. And this episode on its own, which, you know, they released like a month, two, uh, two, two and a half, three weeks later after the initial drop. It was exactly that. Like it was its own contained episode, which was actually like two episodes kind of like mushed together. Uh, So you had Dream of a Thousand Cats and then you had uh, Cliope, uh, two very different stories, obviously. But they don't need to they they fit somewhere in the middle of like dreams path that he's walking in season one but they don't really have anything to do with the actual overarching story so you could really there's an evergreen story basically you can watch this anytime it's still going to make sense Hmm. based on what they show you as long as you know like the minor beats of like okay here's what dream is and what he does right audrey what was your thoughts Right, so the one on the cat episode, um, it just makes me more of <clears throat> a dog person than what I really am, because it kind of makes you think, okay, so is this what really cats are thinking? Because just looking at cats, there's no telling what they're thinking about us humans. But um, I there's was... a cat right here on my table. So. <laughs> is it plotting? Plotting, plotting. The, plotting my, my demise. <laughs> But um, I thought that was a really interesting episode. The one with the Calliope. Oh my gosh, I got chills whenever Morpheus, he's coming in to help her. And then he's like, be quiet. I'm just like, oh, it's about to go down. (laughs) You know, in saying that, you got to see, to me, that was actually, might have been one of my favorite scenes of him. Because you saw that intensity, but how much he cared for her and loved her. And it was just mm-hmm. this moment where it's just like, you hurt me, but I love you so much, I don't care. You are the person I care about. You're the person that I, I, I'm i going to get you out because I've, dealt, I've been in this situation of being trapped. And, you know, seeing her story and seeing the abuse that she went through, I, I did find it interesting. Every time that they, you knew there was abuse of the character... But they would always hide the abuse. They would do where he yeah. looked like he was beat up. Or is it weird to say I kind of enjoyed that where it's more of you knew it was it was show don't tell almost like you knew saw the after right. effects of it. It made it more sure. I mean, hard. it yeah. It depends on like the director, the storyteller, etc., and how they want to convey the message they're getting across. Because there's definitely different ways to convey like brutality and 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 damage uh that you're doing to a character or whatever the case is and they did it um so like jumping back to was it episode five i believe in the diner yeah when uh 24 7 uh i think in in the audible version which is what i had listened to they they tell you kind of the aftermath they're like oh bunch of people found dead in this diner they don't really oh, wow. go into details throughout the night and how every single person died but in the show they showed you like knives going into eyeballs and like things getting cut off like they were graphic and they showed oh. you exactly what happened and then in the next episode uh in the sound of her wings like even something like when the baby gets taken uh they pick up 
like death picks up the baby and the baby actually talks back instead of just being nonverbal, which is what they did in the show. Mm -hmm. And as she takes the baby away, you hear the mother screaming, like blood curdling scream. So you know exactly what just happened. Mom found her baby dead. In the show, they kind of skipped over that part, but you still got the message across. They still did Mm -hmm. a good job. And uh, Kirby Howell Baptiste, who played death, like she did a great job at conveying that and, you know, kind of having this conversation back and forth with the baby um, via the dialogue. And so they did the same thing in this episode with uh, in Calliope, where you can tell she's being locked up and she's being abused, but you don't need to show it, like, yeah. necessarily. It's kind of the opposite of what the Game of Thrones did. <laughs> if you watched that episode last night, they really show it. They go, they go really a little too far, uh, I think, in my opinion. A lot of people's opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, but... It's just it's, so it's just a matter of I guess the storyteller, how they want to convey it, and if they can convey it through dialogue, through imagery, instead of brutal imagery, like if you can do it in a more subtle way, uh, it kind of just depends. I guess I don't know. It's an artistic choice. It's not always the right one. You know, honestly, even talking about that, like it, looking at episode six where you talk about an audible where you hear the the woman screaming. In that moment, even though it was sad to see the baby dying and have dying it was a beautiful moment mm-hmm. it was a moment where it was saying everyone dies everyone it doesn't matter age it doesn't matter who you are everyone dies and so it was a very beautiful sad but beautiful moment and i think if you had seen the woman like screaming and crying i think it would have taken away from that yeah beauty in the moment yeah they did such a great job in that scene with the score with the acting choices and stuff too. And like, and she even says that earlier, cause it's part of like a greater montage of people passing away. Um, it's just, you know, people at the end, you just want a kind face or a, a kind word and a friendly face. And like that, like speaks so much to, you, know, you just want to be told it's okay. Like you don't know what's going to come next. You know what I mean? So it, they, they did a more subtle, subtle way and it was more effective. I think that way. Um, so I mean, jumping back to, you know, Calliope and, the, the years because they, they I think they were showing like time cards on screen. Yes. So mm-hmm. they, they were jumping through like 2018 and then, you know, duh, and the, oh, and now the book is out. OK, so he wrote a book that takes time. You know, that probably took a year and she's just been locked up wearing the same dress the entire time because she can't leave <laughs> the attic, essentially. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just what they chose to do. I think well, I think it worked. Well, also, too, even with that, you see in the very beginning the person, the the writer, he he wasn't a bad guy. You could tell there was a a dimen- at, at the beginning, at the very beginning, there was this thought of, I want to let this person go. What am I doing? And but there was the pressure of wanting to to get it right, and to he had so much pressure on him, and he wanted to succeed, and he honestly had the pressure of his. Um, Basically, he took money on advance. Never do that. I'm yeah. sorry. Just don't do that. That sounds really dumb. Well, I think it's how writers work. Is like if you write one hit book, they sign you to a deal, and they're like, "All right, cool. Well, here's how you can live for the next year while you write your second book." And you, you better hope you're writing a second book. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I for that you you see the pressure and you see him struggling through it, and so. I think there's almost this one moment he wanted to let her go, but then he hears the other author's voice in his head, like, basically, I got my fame and fortune by force. Then that's when he, later you see the scratch on his face, so you know what he did. And I think that really shows where, no matter what your good intentions are, 
even success and fame can take you down a path that you would never dream you would go down. Because I don't think the man at the beginning would have ever dreamed he'd be willing to abuse this woman. I think right. it was letting his success, letting the pressures of life get to him to the point where he can't, he, he just wants to succeed. And I think that's where things just went down a bad path for him. Yeah, and props to the actor, to Arthur Darville, I believe. Um, I knew him from Legends of Tomorrow. I think he's been like Doctor Who and some other Doctor stuff. I I've never seen Doctor Who. Um, but he did a great job. Uh, he was really good in it. I think, uh, personally, you would really enjoy Doctor Who. That's one that you should try out. I've, there's It's so daunting. There's it so is. many seasons. Um, and, and it's like I've been told for years, like, jump into, like, Clone Wars and stuff. But I'm like, yeah, there's eight seasons of, like, 30 episodes a season or whatever it is like it's just so much content to get through and there's mm -hmm. still more stuff coming out i can't i can't go backwards <laughs> I, you know on that one and the reason why i bring up doctor who because if with doctor who every like british famous actor that you have ever heard of was in doctor who in some form or fashion this show half the actors are from doctor who yeah exactly mm -hmm. That's i know joanna was part of it too uh the, the person who played joanna constantine yeah and um, I mean, also you had in the episode during the cats episode, it was only the voice, but David Tennant, he was mm -hmm. one of the doctors as well. And so this show is basically yeah. doctors and we're about to talk about another doctor here in a second. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, I will say it's probably one of my, I, I, I left after the female doctor, not because it was a female doctor, more of the story i was not gravitating to it as much so i kind of mm -hmm. cut out and i think a lot of people got into that point but they're actually bringing david Tennant back for a short part of the show and so that's why i'm super right. excited to get back into it it's for fantasy and for sci-fi for the things that you enjoy that you mm -hmm. talk about on shows and stuff it's something that you would you would you'd have to give it a few episodes but if you ever dove into it, i think it'd be something that you'd find really interesting Probably if I can get into it. Yeah. And and I think I need like a certain doctor and like their origin and like that's where I'll hop in. Like I'm not trying to go back to the beginning of time, but maybe if I hop in at a specific point with like Tenen or Ecclestein or, or one of the other ones. I really like the I don't know his name. I can't remember his name, but um, the new doctor who's going to be uh, from sex education. And he yeah, plays like yeah. red best friend. Uh, and I loved him in that. And I watched the first two seasons. I think I might have only gotten like halfway through uh, second season. I need to finish it. But um, I've heard really good things about that show, too. He hasn't. That, I'm excited about that actor. He hasn't officially become the doctor yet. That's coming right. this coming up uh, the next season, which I'm honestly super excited, yeah. I, I, especially for the writers that they've got on the show. But in saying that, that gets us away from our Sandman conversation. Everyone, if you would, hit the like button. Comment below what you thought of the episode 11 of Sandman. Hit the subscribe because we are on our way to 3,000. Also, check out hey. Flickin' Real because they are at five, are getting to 500. And so our next conversation. Oh, oh Flickin' Real? Yeah. That, <laughs> we like, need a yeah, subscribe to Monster. No, I'm just <laughs> Can we be sponsored, please? Please. We've been trying to get sponsored by Celsius for weeks, months. So the next conversation that we are going to have, which should be a very interesting one to say the least, is the last night was the premiere of the House of the Dragon episode one. The internet is ablaze. That's why I have fire behind this because this show. <laughs> oh, um, 
I want to start with Audrey. What was your thought of the, what's a non-spoilerly, and we'll dive into spoilers after we kind of give our generic thoughts. What was your thought? All right, so non-spoiler, whenever the music started playing, like, okay, it has its own music, but I could hear the Game of Thrones, and I was like, I hear the combination of the music coming together, and I loved it. Um, I really like the characters, the ones that they introduced for the first episode. The vibe of the episode definitely feels like season one of Game of Thrones. Um, I do see this being a very brutal show. Like, mm-hmm. everyone wants the Iron Throne, and I'm sure it, it was like, what, 172 years before Daenerys? Uh, like 187. 187? I think it's 87. So, that's how many years? 172. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that goes like how many years back they've been fighting over the Iron Throne. So this should be fun. <laughs> so, Sean, what was your thoughts? Generic thoughts. Uh, it's it's more Game of Thrones. It's, it's the same level of um, quality, like from from like the visuals, from the acting, from the style, uh, all of that. And M- Miguel Sapochnik, who did a bunch of the regular Game of Thrones show, he did the. the the uh the opening premiere or at least i think he did a few different episodes in this show um and then and, but they actually get to the dragons right away which is not something they do in in game of thrones they kind of tease you with it you know along the way so you jump in right away and it was in all the trailers like this is not you know spoilerific but uh i enjoyed it and, and the acting all around is good um you know the storytelling was brutal whether it be human on human or dragon on human or whatever the case you know wherever the story goes and there you know they they try to say it was accurate to the times like <laughs> i think that's i think that's one of the arguments people make like what times it's a fantasy <laughs> world so uh, what the lord of the rings times are we going back to middle earth no wait uh, that, that was fake too that's fantasy as well so uh yeah but i i enjoyed it overall um i am not ex- i'm not excited not just about this show i'm i'm i have minimal excitement about prequels in general Mm. Uh, i'm the type of person where i like to move forward with my timeline use what we're seeing as history in the past but let's move forward with a storyline um not to say i know what's gonna happen because i just don't remember what i've been told in that sense it's a lot of information but we know where it ends up, and so I'd prefer to move forward. So that dims my excitement level. Even though I'm excited about the show and a cool fantasy world that's going to be quality, uh, the concept of going backwards just doesn't excite me in general. Uh, so it dims my excitement about this show, Rings of Power, and or as well. I that's, think just my gen- that's just my own stickler. Honestly, I'm, I completely understand that personally, because... Something I am struggling with so hard with this show is I keep wanting to look up what happens because yeah. it's there. It's written. We exactly. kind of have an idea with Game of Thrones. We kind of had this idea of like we knew where some things were heading. We knew where the story was going towards till episode book five. But we didn't have a full grasp of what the story was ending. This one, we kind of get an idea where it's going to end if you look into the books. And so there's a right. this idea of you kind of get an idea where the story's heading. You don't know how those events happen, but the story itself is basically told. And so I I get that completely. I think my thoughts on the show was I enjoyed it. I can tell this is going to be appointment television again. And I don't think we have had that like in a while. Not even. I do appreciate it. 
I just comparative to like the Disney Plus shows, which are appointments kind of if you can stay up till midnight or three three a.m. depending on where you are in the time zone. At least this is dropping at a six p.m. slash nine p.m. and it's it's a you can actually watch it. Yeah. <laughs> without without falling asleep during the show. Well, I mean that's my issue a lot of times too with the Disney Plus shows and a lot of other shows that they release even on Netflix and everything. It's it's like oh let's release at midnight and it's like well. A lot of people have work the next day. I mean, we can't even watch it until the end of the day. And it almost feels like the conversation around shows are done by the end of the day. Sure. Because the because a, a lot of the commentators who are already watching it are doing reactions. They don't have day jobs. Their job is being YouTubers. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so they're already talking about it. They're already doing their theories, already releasing videos. And there's no mass water cooler conversation this show felt that way. Like, even though a lot of people yeah. were a little upset, or not just a little, a lot upset over the brutality of it and everything else, right? there was still a conversation. There was still this mass conversation around it. It wasn't like, oh, I didn't watch this part. Oh, I got to wait till tomorrow. I got to wait till the... It was like, no, we all are sitting down at a good time and watching mm -hmm. it. I don't know why Disney has not picked up on that and said, let's try this with our shows. I think that they could definitely do that if they chose to. Um, maybe they will, you know, HBO has been doing it a long time, a lot longer than Disney plus at the streaming service has been around because they've been, I mean, HBO, you know, for decades, not just, not just in our recent memory, but long before Sopranos long before, you know, this show, that show, whatever they've, the Sunday night time slot has always been HBO's. I feel like, uh, forever. So they, they already have that down pat and they, they're continuing to, to do that. Maybe. Maybe, you know, Disney Plus can carve out some time, uh, figure out a specific day. At least at least now they're splitting their shows, you know, because they were dropping uh, Miss Marvel and Obi-Wan at the same time, which yes. I think was a detriment to Miss Marvel, uh, which, in yeah. my opinion, was the better show. I agree. Mm -hmm. um, more, at least more enjoyable of a watch. I agree with that. Uh, so they're, they're learning. They move they moved She-Hulk to Thursdays because Andor is going to start, what, two weeks, a week and a half or so? Oh, I cannot wait. Oh, yeah. it's going to be so good. <laughs> so... In saying that, we're going to dive into more spoiler thoughts. If you not watch uh, House of Dragon, please stick around. Just put us on mute for a short bit of time. But we're going to have some spoiler thoughts. And then we will move on to She-Hulk after that. In saying that, Audrey, spoilery thoughts. This There is a discussion at the moment mm -hmm. around the brutality that they showed within this show. Mm -hmm. and, even, and to be honest to the audience, we skipped a couple parts during... Yeah, I had to kind of look away some. So, just my thoughts on it. I see it as very intense storytelling because what you saw in that moment was a king who became so desperate to have his heir, he was willing to lose his wife to have his heir. Because, mm -hmm. like, a foreshadow for me, spoilers, like, you know, she's, uh, you know, talking to him, she's like, please let this be our last pregnancy. Like, I've already mourned so many babies. Like, I can't do it anymore. In that moment, I knew, like, okay, she's probably not going to make it through. Then right. whenever, you know, she's laying there, breached, then they start talking about a C-section. Then it's like the medicine man's there, like, um, this is what we can do, but you're going to have to choose one or the other. And just seeing him choose the baby over his own wife, I'm like, dude, seriously? <laughs> but you see how low he's going to have what, like, that obsession. Like, it took him over. 
And in the mm. end, like, he lost both. So it's like, come on, was it really worth it? <laughs> no, no, absolutely wasn't. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, just to answer that question, I, in my opinion, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, it was brutal. I mean, it was for TV, even though within Game of Thrones, we have seen some of the most brutal actions on television. I mean, Game of Thrones itself, the first episode threw a kid out a window. I mean, <laughs> and then the Red Wedding. I mean, the Red Wedding itself was literally horrid. And in the first season of Game of Thrones, you go back and watch those. I think audiences are not used to this brutality anymore. I think we got... Yeah, it's been a while. And so, well, we... Honestly, we got desensitized to brutality as in we became numb to it because we were given mm -hmm. comical brutality. The, yeah, like in the boys. Yeah, the boys. Like the boys' brutality, you don't sit on it. There's no real feeling of like the emotion behind the brutality. It's almost like death doesn't matter. Sure. And so we got used to, I think as a as audiences got used to that just desensitized, like just brutality, blood, gore, just just excessive just excessive uh explicit everything just ev they just we got so used to it then when we come back to this world of game of thrones mm -hmm. where the brutality is you feel it you feel it's not oh, just yeah. a um it's not just a oh it's just a throwaway death it's like no every single death there's a lot of death but every death really matters for the storytelling I think it it hurt. I think it hit us a little bit deeper, and I think that's why it's bother bothers us more. I mean, spoiler for season one of the boys, we weren't complaining when uh, when the speedster ran through a woman. We I didn't hear complaints all over the internet when that happened. I mean, and that's even, and I would say probably even worse than what just happened on screen on Ga on House of the Dragon. Like, why would you well, say because because okay. it was built for com comedic you know right. relief type of thing like it was just like oh my god like it was it was shock value but it wasn't emotional yeah if that makes sense. i guess emotional for huey who had to deal with it and that was kind of his story arc for the season um or for the whole show uh right. but we didn't have to sit on it and dwell with it and and you didn't meet that character you know throughout the whole entirety of the of the previous hour of it happening on screen so let me ask you personally, what was your thoughts, spoilerly, especially on the brutality, and also bring up the conversation that's been coming out on the internet that people have been discussing. I, I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I think it has. I think it has a lot to do with uh, probably you know people like myself, so yourself, like you know us telling women how to feel, uh, and that's what a lot of the conversation on Twitter has been today. And you know people need to take a step back and listen instead of talking so much or you know putting out inflammatory tweets just to garner up some you know clickbait type stuff uh and that's that's what a lot has been from many many different sources today uh for me personally it's just like commenting on what i saw how they did it i think it wasn't done tastefully which i guess is not always game of thrones mo is to do things tastefully they're more brutal and like they'll hit you on the head with it which they did but they could have done it in a scene where it's like, oh, you have to choose. And then he looks over and he's like, oh, no, she's going. And then they just like cut the scene. They don't need to show. Let me grab a knife. Let me cut in and blood squirt like that was that was the Ugh. visual brutality yeah. that went, I think, over the line. 
it was we could have known it happened without seeing it happen without it you know us sitting here and it squirting us in the face type of thing you know with like the way they did it um and i think that was the issue i don't think the issue was what happened it was how they showed what happened yeah and that's where um, luke's hitting the fast forward <laughs> yeah yeah basically because they could they could you know childbirth is dangerous when not done correctly and when especially in an older setting older you know what i mean that they, they, they kind of live in a fantasy medieval world type of thing yeah. and yeah that people women die in childbirth all the time and it was mm -hmm. dangerous back then um and even now nowadays like c-sections are there for a reason because they're there's a danger to the mother, to the child, um, and you have to sometimes you do have to choose, and that's a tough decision for a, a father or whoever it is, the person who's in who's in charge, not in charge, but like yeah. the person who has the the power in that situation. Um, if there weren't prior views, you know, expressed, and so someone has to make that decision. Right now, we have medical advancements, you know, in in the the timeline where they're trying to convey, they didn't, um, but. It was the visuals that was the problem. Yeah. And yeah. so that that was a tough part. And I think that's overarching to the rest of the show, which had really good parts, yeah. which had really uh, solid storytelling and acting parts and stuff like that, too, which is kind of, you know, that sucks. Like, that's a detriment to the show, which, which was otherwise a solid, you know, 58 minutes with this three to five minutes, which was kind of marring the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, so that part's kind of sad. Yeah, it, I will say, like, whenever they're about to, you know, hold her down and she realizes what they're doing, that part really bothered me because it's like, mm -hmm. ask the woman's consent. See, that's, I think that's where a lot, I've heard a lot of people in that conversation. That, that yeah. part bothered me really bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I was curious. I, I I was really curious. I haven't, I haven't actually asked Yeah, we didn't discuss thought. that part. Yeah, and I agree with you there completely. I, I do think up. Any argument I will say in favor of the show is for the world that Game of Thrones is coming from. Mm -hmm. When we watched Game of Thrones, we saw brutality like this. It was not unusual. And people were like, well, it's a fantasy world. It's like, yes, but the world that the Game of Thrones world is created, this is years and years before this, and Game of Thrones would have been this brutal. I mean, it would have could have easily had scenes like this. I mean, yeah. And again, in that moment, you're seeing the king, his obsession to having his male heir. And it, and it, and I, and I think, even though I wish the conversation would be going towards, look at a man who, in his arrogance and need to continue his line, he he lost everything, and now we get to see a daughter try to step into that role and what does that look like for this daughter and i think that's to me the story that i really want us to focus more on in the future because i think we're going to see her start to try to step into that role yeah and we do we do see a bit of a time jump too so we're not, not going to stay in this this timeline forever i think they're going to jump forward like five to ten years or something oh, okay. at least um because you see different actresses playing the two uh, the two younger parts, at least. Um, oh. I can't remember her her name. the The daughter of Rise Iphen's character, uh, uh, the redhead. Rhaenyra. Well, Rhaenyra is the main one. She's the now the heir to Alice. the throne. But I can't remember her friend. Alice. Uh, oh, was it start with an A? I think. I can just remember Damon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Al Al Alicent or something like that. Al I think it was, yeah. I think you're correct. 
I think it was Allison. And the whole time, because I had looked up the cast list and it said Olivia Cook, and I was like, this is not Olivia Cook. Like, who is this person? The, the actress, she was from uh, Ready Player One and she's been in other things. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is not, unless they de aged her crazy, I was like, this is not the person. <laughs> this is not the actress that I thought it was. But then in the trailer they released, where it's like, you know, coming up this season and they show a bunch of clips from the whole season. I was like, oh, okay, that's Olivia Cook. And we still got to do a reaction to that. <laughs> we might do that after yeah. this. <laughs> But in yeah, there, there, there's a bunch more that happens, uh, you can tell. So they do jump forward in time. I don't know how far. I, don't, I didn't watch it yet. I just saw the, some clips of it. So speaking of um, another character, um, Damon, what was your thoughts on Matt Smith and the role that he played in the show? Uh, so I've only seen, I like I said, I haven't watched Doctor Who. Uh, so I've only seen Matt Smith in a handful of things. Uh, being Terminator Genesis with very minimal role uh, as the AI, I guess, at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then Morbius. Morbin time. <laughs> it, it was just terrible. It was hamming. It was just teasing it up that entire time. He was having uh, so much fun. So I'm, I've, I have minimal exposure to Matt Smith in general, but I will say that I liked him in this uh, better than anything else I've seen him. Uh, and because he played, he played his character, he played his part perfectly. Uh, his brutal character, his smarmy i'm better than everyone i deserve everything type of character um and so you can definitely tell that they're they're setting up a return of the you know the the downtrodden brother who's the true heir so there's going to be this battle between him and possibly Rhaenyra, you know, after she takes the throne, unless uh, Viserys is still in charge and he's just trying to take back his kingdom or something. So I think that's going to be the the story crux of the season. It's going to be the battle between Daemon and whoever it is is on the throne at the moment. Hmm. Well, honestly, I hope, I'm hoping that the the story is able to really get past this point because I really don't want Mm -hmm. this show to be... bogged down by that moment especially in the fans perspective i i is it bad to say i hate that this kind of conversation like just the fact that there's so much division on a show that's first starting it just feels so tiring yeah is it bad to say no it's that's uh the bet that's exactly how i think most people are feeling like and it, it was marred by this conversation and and it, their own fault i mean for you know yeah. for the way they portrayed it um, but they had to have known, you know, I think they were smarter than that to, to know what the reaction would be. Um, and, and sadly, we're not talking about anything else other than, <laughs> other than that. And the funniest part was, I thought this was the one show that was coming out that we weren't going to have this full conversation about. Because right now there's the mm-hmm. conversation coming with their rings of power. We're going to hear the same type types of the battles on Twitter over the rings of power we're going to have the same we are already having the same battles when we talk about she hulk i mean we're going to talk about it here in a second and it's the same battles it just feels like there there's not many shows anymore where you just don't feel, you just feel like everyone's at war with each other and it's just tiring i think that that is the sadly the world we've lived in since what 2016 uh because a lot of audible things that used to be not so audible are out in the world and people are feel you know bolstered up and they can say the quiet things out loud now and and feel like they're not they're going to get away with it and you know not get in trouble for things like that and so you have a lot of hatred going on uh and 
between these four shows in general, I mean, you have She-Hulk, obviously Jan Walters. She's the main character. Uh, we have Rings of Power with Galadriel as seemingly the main character. We have Rings of Power. Uh, Rings of Power. We have House of the Dragon with uh, Rhaenyra, the main character. And then, we, you know, we have Andor with... Andor is the main character, but you also have, you know, Mon Mothma in there as a prominent figure. And what all those have in common is there's women in charge and women as main focal points of these series seems to hurt a lot of feelings. Well, you deserve to have your feelings hurt. Suck it up. <laughs> well, what's so sad about that is we've had great women characters for years yeah. and years in fandom. It just seems like now it's almost this push against it when it's like no just give us great stories let's just get great characters let's instead of just making everything a battle because i've got friends on both sides i've gotten to hear both sides of the argument and i've listened to both sides because i try to be honest and recepting to most people because i enjoy hearing different people's opinions and i've heard the conservative side the the uh the progressive side both sides and they're both just and it's so funny i have two friends on both sides of the equation and they're the same person <laughs> like they like their arguments you can't talk to them about any of these shows because One's like, oh, I don't even want to speculate. Oh, this the fanboys over here, they they don't like this or that, or they want to focus on Hulk, or they want to focus on this or that. And so the conversation over here is like, I don't even want to speculate. And the other side's like, oh, I don't even think I even like these shows anymore because they're not giving me the show that I want. It's like, I just want to like these shows. <laughs> I want to enjoy myself again and, and have those moments of, of joy. I love, like, I love the moment in... In Spider-Man No Way Home, when you saw the three Spider-Man show up on screen and mm -hmm. that joy in the end of Endgame where you saw the battle and you see Steve Rogers say Avengers Assemble and it was such a cool moment and these cool moments within the fandoms. I want to get back to those moments. I just don't know how, as a fandom, we get back when we're having arguments like, oh, we saw Brutality on uh, House of, Drag of the Dragon. So, in saying that, everyone, if you would hit the like button, comment below what you think of House of the Dragon, of the conversation we just had. We're about to dive into more of it on our She-Hulk review. So, hit the subscribe, check out Flick and Rail, because they're some of the best people on the internet. And, let's dive into our next conversation. And our next conversation, pull up the thing, there we go, is what we named the show, what I, I want to ask the audience, I want to ask, uh, me and Sean will talk first because I want to get your thoughts last because I want you to really be able to dive in because you have some great thoughts on, on the episode. And um, and we're going to be talking about She-Hulk. And if we thought it smashed her past... <laughs> I, I can't I literally was thinking I was trying to come up with the name of the show and I was just like what does Hulk oh smash oh wait this they do like dating stuff in the show smash or pass yes that works <laughs> so Sean what was your thoughts on She-Hulk what did you feel about it oh I guess I suppose it'd be a smash for me uh, I thought it was great it was exactly what they were advertising it wasn't I don't think it was anything more or less, to be honest. And, and I know I, I've, I've spoken with a few people just like in like private conversations where they had gripes about representation and stuff like that. And I, mm -hmm. I see those as valid. But I think that the way 
like comedy has a very easy goal, right? They don't have to hit four quadrant this, that, the other. They don't have a checklist of 10 items they have to hit as long as they make you laugh. Uh, it's different with dramas. I feel like it, it's it's a little similar to horror where they just have to scare you. And that's it. It doesn't matter if the acting, the graphics, the added, whatever is good. If they scare you, the horror movie succeeded. If comedies, if they make you laugh, then the comedy succeeded. Um, so if you do have gripes about the CG, which was a huge topic, and I, I thought it was pretty damn good, uh, or about the acting, which I thought was pretty damn good. Excuse me. I thought most of it was good. Tatiana Maslany, like, knocked it out of the part, and she's the main character, so she's the focus. Um, they made you laugh. Like, there was tons of bits and pieces where it's, like, a joke here, a joke there, situational this, that, the other. There was good action, too. We got to, you know, see a battle between Hulks. And so there was so much of it that was, like, hitting it. And they, and as well as the comedy of making you laugh with, uh, whether it be just the jokes themselves or the physicalness of it and, and, or the, you know, turning to camera and, you know, speaking like that, like it was, it was great. I, I loved the, loved the whole thing. To be honest. I did too. I personally, I love the comedy. I felt like she Hulk was so much fun to watch. I felt, I, I love the fact, and I, and this was part of the conversation of earlier where people, oh, you were showing that She-Hulk was stronger than the Hulk. Actually, no, they weren't. You saw, yeah, you saw multiple times where the Hulk was much stronger, but She-Hulk had her oh, yeah. strengths as well. And you saw the dichotomy between the two characters, and it was a beautiful dichotomy, a beautiful look of like the differences between the two. And you know, Audrey, what was your feelings when you dove into the show? All right, so um, honestly, I really enjoyed the show. Um, I guess you're referring more to like the comment that she says that some are like, uh, yeah, yeah, like basically <laughs> the idea that oh, she, you like basically as a woman, she said that she lives in fear, so she handles her emotions better than how a man does. And I do want to say this. Um, I kind of agree. I agree completely because. I think having an amazing, beautiful wife, there are moments where the emotions and things you deal with. Yeah, like, yeah. whenever, like, I caught it whenever she said it, and I didn't think anything negative of it. I'm just like, I feel that because, you know, I'm a woman, and just, let's just look at science. Women, we have more hormones raging all over the place than men do. So, just me as a woman, yeah, I've had to learn to get a grip of my own emotions so I can function well. And um, as for the fear where she made the comment about being catcalled, I have been catcalled before and that is not fun. Like, I did not feel complimented in any way. I felt threatened, especially in the situation that was in because I was at the store by myself I was just getting car like, like oil for my car to do an oil change. And this older man starts following me around. That was not fun. So, um, I mean, and as a woman, yeah, like, I've learned some self-defense. I wouldn't say I'm always on guard, but I am aware of my surroundings. So, like, I get where she was coming from. And with her being an attorney, I mean, I don't know the current statistics of it, like, male-to-female ratio, but that's more of a male-dominated area. So I'm sure she's... And like, I know the story, it's just a story, but I'm sure there's a lot of female lawyers. Like, they've had some men, like, you know, like, you don't know as much as you think. Like, I know more than you kind of deal. Yeah, and like, for me, like, I, I, for one thing, 
if if someone ever cat called you, I your your husband's going to be there, and it's not going to be handled well. I I will be defending. Well, I would you. hope you'd be around. <laughs> oh, I will be defending my wife, and it will not turn out well. <laughs> but what's really funny there is for me, I'm a very illogical person. I, I focus on logic. I focus on statistics. I like out analytics. I like math. I mean, that's why YouTube. I love the analytics side of YouTube. Just that's my my thing. But in saying that, when my emotion, when I let go of my emotions, when I let my emotions control me, I let my anger go. I let my anger out, and I almost am in I'm not able to control myself. Like how I see the Hulk, where. When he's under control of his emotions, when he's under control, that's where he's able to control that anger within him, and he's not letting his emotions control him. For for you, you y'all have to control your emotions because y'all have so much of it that yeah. we don't. And I look at it so differently in seeing the differences between the two, and that's why I really like the the differences. I like the fact that it's like no. Hulk is still Hulk. He's still a great character. He's just he's he had the different struggles. It took him time to control his emotions. Like uh, Sean, do you feel like in, for for you in general, do you feel like you're able to like when you let go of your emotions? Do you feel like sometimes you feel under out, out of control? Uh, no, not me personally. I mean, I, I've not. I, I tend to let things go uh, pretty easily. I let things roll off my back. That's just my my own personality. I'm pretty laid back in that way. But um, that's not to say that I don't have emotions. I think that I just don't dwell on stuff in that way. That's just my own personal thing. That's not everyone, though. No. But I think society as a whole teaches men not to have emotions in general. So they bottle up and they explode, yeah. which is a representation of the Hulk. Uh, you know, <laughs> just exploding out of anger type of thing. Whereas women, society recognizes the emotions, but calls them out on it, if, if that makes a difference. So it's, a, it's like men not allowed to have it. Well, then they'll come out eventually one way or the other. Women have tons of emotions. We know it's there. We know it's that. But you sh but you're, you know, basically, you know, telling them they, they it's bad to act certain ways or whatever the case is. So you learn to control them better, you know, type of thing. Uh, recognizing them so you can control them better. So that's what she has grown up with, is learned how to control her emotions better. Um, not, I guess, not a bad thing to live in society that, you know, tries to control you in that way, but she has practice doing it. So when now there's a biological response to her emotions, she has, you know, she's better able to control uh, her when she turns and stuff like that. And then you just get into the comic bookiness of it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's definitely a conversation and like a, like a topic to bring up. Uh, but, and I, and I'm not every, you know, and every woman that I spoke with about it, like had that same response though. Cause that's what I was saying. Like with private conversations I've had where it's like, I didn't like the way that was represented. Okay, well, that's your, you know, that's your point of view on the subject. Uh, it's interesting, so let's, like, let's talk more about it type of thing. But I think the overarching response to it was like, this is so true. This is what women always have to go through and stuff like that. So it's not, it's both. Like, it's not every, not every um, experience is the same. A lot of them are different. A lot of people, you know, it's a melting pot out there. So, and honestly, it's a way I have to deal with things different. Well, honestly, what I love about this, especially this conversation that we're having. We're having a good conversation. 
we don't all agree in some places or not, but it's a great conversation that I, that's why I want to see with more shows and more, I wish the internet was more like this. I know it's not always. And this is what I right. want to show through this channel and show people who come on and who talk. I want to be able to have a space where people feel open and honest to have these discussions, have this feeling of like, wow, I feel included. I can actually share, oh, this is how I felt about the show. This is how I did not. Didn't matter about if I was a progressive or if I was um, conservative or if I was whatever label. I, I, there's so many labels I don't even know anymore. Um, and it, it doesn't matter. We should be able to have conversations and not go to war with each other. I mean, yeah. It, it's it's sad. I hate the wars between these shows, and I think the conversation behind She-Hulk, I, I think it's just the newest show that people are using to attack the other side with. Sure. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just hoping I just <laughs> that the show just continues to be good. I'm excited when they add Dare, Daredevil to it, because that's going to be such a interesting... Mm -hmm. I'm more excited to see jen walters having to go to some legal trouble with um matt murdoch i'm more excited for that yeah it'll it'll bring you know bring in that extra character into it um so she can have someone to kind of go toe-to-toe -to -toe with in the, the legal world you know so it'll be interesting what we can see happen i suppose wow and saying that everyone um, I think that's our, it for our She-Hulk conversation. Everyone, thank you for watching. Hit the like button. Comment below what you think of She-Hulk. Did you like it? Did you not like it? As you can tell, we all thought it smashed. <laughs> and hit the subscribe. Check out the uh, Flickin' Real channel because they're incredible over there. Um, me and Audrey are going to head over to the comments. And I think we're about to lose one Sean Wingblade. Um, oh, I'm still here. I just might get a phone call here. I'm on call for work. Oh, and they okay. just dropped me a work a job, so my phone let me know. And then typically a month, minute later, it's followed by my router calling me. They say, hey, <laughs> we need you to come in. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> we'll we'll see. I'll wait for the phone. Well, in saying that, we are going to dive into, honestly, one of my favorite uh, sections now, the comment section. If it'll pop up. Wow. It's not even showing. Oh, there, okay. there, there, there we go. There we go. Uh, what we do is go through the comments, have our, have the, just go through what y'all talked about. So, the first comment was from Sean Wingblade, LFGO, let's go. And then flicking around, that's my secret cap, I'm always late. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I think, yeah, I think we went up about five minutes late, probably Jesse. We're, we're always like constantly sitting back there and he's like, Oh, wait, one more thing. Let's go. Let's go again. <laughs> Let me push it five more minutes. <laughs> I, I can understand that. Then. I do that and I'm like, time. okay, wait, but I got to go to the bathroom. Let's do it again. <laughs> then, then from you, let me in. Let me in. Don't make me smash the door down. Sean, we were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. <laughs> wait, who's the Sith in that situation? I have... Are you guys the Sith? Wow, I guess I guess we are the oh, enemy just now. Come. Man, I see how it is. Sean Wingblade has brought to you by Mango Passion Fruit Celsius. <laughs> what I might be, I think I have one in the trash can right over there. Actually, <laughs> over the last, that's that's what kept me up late enough to finish my Game of Thrones reaction last. <laughs> nice. And then um, empathy, th not in this economy. Yes. 
empathy. The one thing I think personally has has empathy died. Like I think it's dying. Like what yeah. happened? Like were people used to be empathetic, or were or am I, am I just naive? Um, I think we're too. I think we we have too much communication with the world. Hmm. I think that we know too much about things that don't concern us, and I mean that in the sense of we used to know our street or our town or our city. But now when I turn on the morning news and I'm getting ready for work in the morning, just put my socks and shoes on. It's like, Oh, a uh, car accident on the freeway. I'm like, Oh no. And it's like in central Florida. I'm like, well, fuck dude. Like not to say I don't care that someone's hurt or whatever, but I don't need to know about a car accident in Florida. So I think we're too, we're almost like too connected and it's too much information. And so it causes people to tune things out and stop caring about the things that do matter, hmm. um, which is local stuff, you know, to the actually okay, answer this call. Okay, okay. All right, we'll keep going with uh, the, the, for the rest. All right. Um, um, Brian Nesbong's catch Sean in the his Schmodown teams match on Friday. Yes, he's showing up on the Schmodown for one of their final matches before Spectacular. Oh. Um, Schmodown recorded their final spectacular this past weekend which is really really sad yeah we plan to do a full reaction to it this weekend uh, or that not this weekend it's the october 1st october 1st yeah we'll do a full reaction to it. we'll have guests on i'll probably invite when sean comes back i'll let him know he's invited um and we're just gonna watch it and check it out ben rainer who uh is the next one to say hey all hi wing blade he's gonna be jumping on with us he's excited as well um and also, if y'all have not, go check out uh, Christian Harloff's channel with The Big Thing. He did one with Greg Alba of The Gr Real Rejects tonight, or today, and it was incredible. It was such a very well done. It's kind of the same conversations that we were having here about like YouTube and about uh, the war that's going on and, and how we handled certain situations. And I, I think it'll be great. And next it is... Uh, did I miss Sandman? No, you didn't. There's multiple Sandman conversations in this one. <laughs> Sandman has some beautiful and strong representation of women. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> and then looking real, is that a thermos? Yes, it is. It, I love it. We need a Galaxy Geeks thermos. We'll have to look into that. <laughs> so that's all our, our comments for now. At everyone, first off, thank y'all for watching today. We are so, so thankful for everyone who stuck around to watch us just rant and rave and talk and everything else um uh sean's not back yet so to end the show i just want to first off shout him out uh you can catch him i can go ahead and pull this up because it shows it um where is it there we go there we go it show, shows his uh twitter go check out sean wingblade at sean wingblade at on twitter also check out the Flickin' Real channel. They are, I mean, we've been talking, we've been raving about them all, all night basically. But Flickin' Real is such a great show. They they do different um, movie topics, topics like us. They do trailer reactions, movie reviews, movie reactions, all the stuff that we do on this channel. They just bring a different flair to it, and we love watching them weekly, and we will support them. And they also have uh, Allison does a, um, basically I can't remember the name of the show, but it is 
if I've never basically movies she's never watched or movies she's watching for the first time. She does a great job. It's a weekly podcast that she does that does incredible. And so check them out. Check us out, us out. Audrey, anything you want to plug? Uh, check out our Etsy store, Oso Galaxy. Um, check us out at the Galaxy Geeks channel. Hit that like button. Comment below all these topics. We've had some really deep conversations tonight. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to continue the conversation in the comments. Oh, Sean is back. Uh, we were just ranting and raving and talking about uh, Flick and Reel and how awesome it is. All good things. All good things. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Flick and Reel is awesome. Here's my Tumblr that apparently Jesse is very jealous of. Uh, my wife got this for me for a present uh, for, for my birthday, Father's Day. I can't remember now. <laughs> oh, it was my birthday. That was just a couple weeks ago. It must have been Father's Day, I think. Um, so I appreciate her getting me that. She mm -hmm. she uh, she took this off of just, like she just hot logged my computer one day when I was at work. She's like, I need the logo. Um, <laughs> yeah, follow me at Sean Wingblade. It's down below me over here, somewhere down below this way, and uh, at Flick and Reel on YouTube. All right. So everyone. Oh, you know oh. what? Also, Christian. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Christian just tweeted out the graphic for. Well, I do also have a Schmodown match yeah. coming up. This Friday at 2 o'clock. I think you'll get it the day before if you're still a patron, which uh, some people are, some people aren't. But uh, you'll get it the day before. Myself and my partner, uh, Miss Glory Jean, who uh, quit the Schmodown production team uh, to join to get her own match. Uh, she beat uh, Chandru in singles, which was really fun uh, to be a part of. And I had just beat Mr. Adam Collins in Intergeekum. So we got, we got two undefeated players coming together to form a team. We're going to be a super team. Uh, and at the time of filming this, we thought there'd be more to happen, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> for the team that won. But we never know. Uh, but you know what? Uh, we, we do have a fun match coming up against uh, former Intergeekton champion, Mr. Kevin Smets, and uh, former uh, two-time, three-time, how many times has Mark Andreoko been team's champion? Oh, goodness. Uh, many times. Uh, so, you know, no sweat, no big deal. A couple rookies coming in, taking on former, former champs. It's going to... It's gonna be a time. <laughs> wow, well, gonna happen whether whether we win or lose. We showed up to the studio. So. <laughs> well, I'm excited in to see exactly what happened. That day. Well, I'm excited to watch it. We'll be tweeting it out and talking about it. And uh, also let them know we're gonna do a reaction to Spectacular. You're invited whenever we do it because hey. it's gonna be so much fun. So everyone, yeah. if you would hit the like button, come below, check out the Galaxy Geeks channel on all the different stuff we do. Right in front of here, probably tomorrow sometime there will be the our last week when we talked about the Ezra Miller situation more in depth and the options that Warner Brothers have. So check it out.